as I hold up my shield and pray to hold out. Faith snuffs out the fire, but I felt the heat. Though prepared by the gospel, peace on my feet. Your truth holds me together as this world falls apart. Your righteousness covers, protects my heart and my head.
which we're glad to hear, uh, have you here today. I want to begin our service with a scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is our mission verse for Awana. We want to rightly divide the word of truth this morning and every day, and we teach children to do the same. I'm going to have our Bible quizzes come up. We have three girls who represented our church yesterday. Serenity Writings, Trinity Writings, and Alexa Vincent, come on up here. These three girls... Is Alexa, did she have to leave? Alexa was here earlier, but I think she had to leave. But uh, these three girls, uh, Alexa with these two, uh, did an absolutely fantastic job. Over the last six to eight weeks, they've been studying God's Word from our uh, Awana Handbook, and they competed yesterday. They finished second place. They actually tied for first place, but in a tiebreaker, they technically finished second. But they're first place in my mind. My, my, my. But they, they did a great job. Uh, representing our church and representing the Lord. They competed with a lot of uh, energy and enthusiasm. So thankful for them, for their parents, uh, for all that they did to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to represent us. So let's give them a round of applause for what they did. We will be, we will be recognizing them in our one awards night uh, later in the year in May. Uh, but also wanted to mention that uh, Alexa was able to get a high honors award. So just a fantastic effort. Girls, you can be seated. We're going to start our services off with worship. So I'll ask Andrew Ridings and the praise team to come up. And with that, we will begin our service. All right, good morning. Get everything turned on up here. Would you stand with us as we worship our Lord this morning? Great things. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has a great
promises, yes and amen, you will do great things, God, you do great things, oh, hero of heaven, you've conquered the grave, you freed every captive and break every chain, oh, God, you have the great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have the great thing. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah. and break every chain of God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. You have done great things, oh God. have 10,000 reasons to worship him this morning. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your Let me be seen when the evening 
shall still repeat. Jesus made it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift you up today, Lord, through song, Lord, celebrating the success of our children who have hid their words in your heart. God, we pray that it all magnifies you. From early this morning, people have been busy preparing for today, preparing for worship, preparing for the lessons that would be taught, sermons, plans have been changed and altered, and not that any that have escaped you, God, but you still remain. We lift you up this morning. We praise you as our Lord and Savior. We pray that you are magnified through the efforts this morning that we've made to magnify your name. Would you be with Pastor Scott in the reading of your word? May it change our lives in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I would ask the ushers to come and prepare to receive the offering as we <clears throat> take this time we want to be reminded that we give as unto the Lord. You know, if you'll allow me for just a moment, one thing that's painstaking for us is to watch you give as unto the Lord and then to make a, a mortgage payment that goes back to the world or the bank, I should say. And, but that's where we are. We need to be faithful with who we are and with what he has bestowed upon us so we're grateful for uh for our giving um but we want to keep uh keep in mind that he owns it all amen it's kind of we just sang about that just a moment ago so let's ask the lord to bless your giving that it would go to further the gospel uh message and also to uh to minister to each other uh, as believers let's bow the Lord, again, we come before you asking you to do what you desire with our hearts, with our lives, and with our finances even. You've given us some principles to live by. You've given us some direction. You've also given us some blessings. So thank you for a country where we have that availability to, to make, a, to make a monetary gain. May we be responsible and faithful. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> I wanted to take this time uh, before we open the Word of God and share 
just some uh, information to get you up to speed. Um, many of you have been asking uh, about Tom Burdett. Um, in fact, if you want to look back at the Facebook, like you can give Tom Burdett a wave this morning. I think he's, I don't know if I've seen his name pop up yet or not, but let's welcome Tom and Sharon. Uh, many of you asked his procedure was on uh, Thursday is when his procedure was. And um, give me one second to... So, um, the, uh, how was, how, how'd the procedure go? How's Tom and, and those things? And, uh, here's how I describe it. The procedure went well and Sharon survived. Now, if you know Sharon, you'll know what I mean by that. She was a nervous, a little bit anxious that day, but it was a, a good procedure. Um, everything went well. Uh, he's got some things to be looking, watching for in the future, but we love this couple. Tom and Sharon Burdett, and I saw Daryl there that day. Uh, many have asked about his son, Wayne, who uh, had a procedure that day. So by uh, last time I saw Daryl, all things uh, were positive in that direction as well. And I want us, even right now, to uh, pray for Sharice. Be, keep Sharice in your hearts and minds. It came across, I think, during uh, just a little bit ago, about an hour ago, that she is at Anderson with uh, blood clot. Uh, in her lung area, so it's a very serious matter. Um, we need to keep a, uh, keep an eye on on what's going on there. Um, Peggy got that text just, I think, while she was she was in there actually. So these are areas that we need to keep at the forefront of our hearts and minds. And um, a little bit of of levity, you can pray for Jewel today. He for picking on his pastor. He wanted to know, you know, Valentine's Day is what, Tuesday? Yeah, Monday? Tuesday, Tuesday. And he goes, hey, did your wife get you a toupee for Valentine's Day? <laughs> what, what is that? What is that about? Says the guy with nine yards of hair on his head, you know. That ain't right. Don't clap for that. You're on... <laughs> we want to... Uh, Continue on today as we're talking about gospel conversations. Um, another element of that, uh, Pastor Roger is going to be preaching in uh, next month um, with that topic in mind. This is our theme for the year. So um, it's something that we need to keep at the forefront of our hearts and minds at all times. So who, what, when, where, why of the gospel conversation? How to talk to people, when to talk to people, somebody talk to you. Why are we doing it? When do we do it? How do all those questions kind of come in? We're going to be addressing those over the year, but we want to get a biblical base for what we do and why we're doing it. So here's a little bit of something for us to keep in mind as I would invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, over the years, um, evangelism has taken a different look for different uh, churches, different periods of time, um, and what it looks like and how to do it. But this is a great template for us, and just to keep in our hearts and minds as we interact with people each and every day. If you're watching by Facebook and you're a guest or, and or a guest or visitor to Cross Point Baptist Church, I want you to know this. That we're not out to get you. We're not, we're not heathen hunters. We're not going to go out and look for the people we think that need the Jesus the most. What we want to do is share 
the creator of the universe and explain to people, share with people what we have experienced, and that is how to have your sin erased. That's it. We want to talk about life. We're not trying to talk anybody into something because if I can talk you into it, somebody can talk you out of it. We simply want to share. And it's important because as we live through this life, think back, I'm speaking to the church now, think back to prior to when you had Christ at the, at the center, as the centerpiece of your life, you're most likely can identify with being empty, being lonely, being uncertain. But when we have Christ, those things are filled in. But be mindful of this, Christian. Yes, Christ is all that, but you have to keep him at the forefront of your heart and mind. So as we consider 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I want us to, we're going to be talking about Paul quite a bit. And I want to emphasize this. Please be, I'm going to even mark how many times I use his name. We talk about Paul being a great missionary, and he, and he was. We talk about um, how many churches established and, and the work and, and how dynamic, how powerful he was. And he was. But we're not to emulate Paul. We're to emulate Jesus Christ. Let me, let me shake that tree again, and I want you to amen on that one. Don't imitate anybody other than Jesus Christ. That's, that's who we want to be. That's who the Holy Spirit is shaping our hearts and minds to be in our spirit and in our conduct. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. 19 through 23, and it reads... For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, <clears throat> that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partakers of it with you. What is the scripture telling us this morning? In fact, verse 21 is a bit of a, a head scratcher and a, and a tongue twister, if you will, a little bit. But Paul was free. How many of you would agree with me that the Bible teaches and you've experienced that in Christ you are free and you are free indeed? You're free. We're, not, we're free not to live under that law. We're free not to live under the bondage of sin. We now have a choice. You don't have to live under sin. Prior to Christ, that's all you can do. You know why we sin? Because we're sinners. But in Christ... We're a new creature. We, are, we have become uh, a new creature or a new creation. Free from all. I want you to look there in um, verse 19. For though I am free from all men. Free from all. Refers to his lack of dependence on others in any way. Now I'm not talking about 
if, if you're married and we, we lean on our spouse and, and the relationships that we have. That's not what he's referring to. He's talking about before God. Watch this. Before God, I'm, not, I'm free from all men. I am not dependent on anybody else. I'm going to use this. To, I want to be careful what I'm saying here. If you want to be made right with the creator, Jesus Christ is all you need. Now, do we need in our walk, in our Christian walk, do we need pastors and other believers? Sure, absolutely. That helps our sanctification. That helps us to grow. It helps us to be encouraged. It helps us to course correct even. But to be right with God, you're not dependent on anyone else. As the church was being formed, the church is maturing and being established we now fully understand the commands, the principles of the local church, and accountability. So the church is in its very infant stages right here. It's within the first hundred years of its existence that Paul did, um, he, he didn't have hierarchy ruling over him. Nor does Christianity. It doesn't have a hierarchy ruling over it. We saw this in the book of Galatians several years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. In fact, it's been a while because it was on Sunday night, Sunday night when we met. Um, and we were preaching through the book of Galatians. In fact, keep your finger in 1 Corinthians. Turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians is <clears throat> a book that is addressing Paul's very point that he's making there in 1 Corinthians. And the whole book. The whole letter, I should say, talks about this point, how we're free from the law. Now, that doesn't mean the law of the United States. It's, that's a different thing. It's talking about the free from the Mosaic law, from religious law. You may think, well, why are you, we're not in that groove. Why are we going over this? Because we do it to, we do it to each other with un, un, unbeknownst to us. If someone doesn't do something that we don't like, it fits our Christian conduct, all of a sudden, we're, we're, well, that's not right. But if it, if, it lines, if, it, if it lines up with the word, you're okay. He's saying we're not, we're free from the law. Look in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. They were relying on the law to make them right with God. So that's what Old Testament was. Here comes Christ. Here comes grace. Here comes freedom. Here comes life. And, and this church is established. And then in, by chapter 3 happens, <coughs> in comes some that were bringing in some of the old guard. They were bringing in some of the, yeah, 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 we know your Jesus thing, but you got you to gotta get back here to the old book. And, 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 and you need some of this to get you there. But that's not what the Bible teaches, does it? Christ fulfilled it all. He fulfilled the law. That's what we'll see. Colossians Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why was the law a curse? Because you could never get there. That was the point. That was the whole point. It was a schoolmaster to show you 600 commands in the Old Testament. You, you're not going to be perfect. And that's all it takes to be in the presence of our God is perfection. Good luck. But in Christ, watch what it says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, 
Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, referring back to the Old Testament, that the blessing of Abraham might, uh, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Free from the law. It's interesting what Paul is saying here in verse 13, that yes, Christ redeemed us, bought us back from the curse of what the law couldn't do. And then they think, well, yeah, but the patriarchs and the law and Abraham. And he mentions Abraham in verse 14. You, did you know that Abraham, in uh, the book of Romans, it says that he was justified by his faith. So it took the law in the Old Testament plus faith. It wasn't just a, a, a ritual symbolist, uh, symbols of things that you had to do and now God's good with you. Listen to me, in 2023, Bible, in, in a Bible-believing church, Cross Point Baptist Church, it's not about checking the boxes whether you were here or not. That's going to please your God. It's not about checking how much you get. It's not about filling in the boxes. Those are things we do out of our abundance of our hearts. And by the way, if your heart's not there, come anyways. Do these things anyways. Sometimes your actions have to dictate to your mind and your heart what's right to do. We want it to come from our heart. So he says in Galatians that he's free from the law. That means free from religion. Boy, that's a scary word in our culture today, isn't it? Free from religion. Paul limited himself. So go back to 1 Corinthians 9. Where he says, for though I am free from all men. He doesn't, ha he's an, he doesn't have to do these things. He's free from the law. He's free from religion. Look at the next line. I have made myself a servant to all. The key line there is I have made myself. Not by compulsion, not by guilt. He voluntarily sacrificed to be a servant to all. He was willing to put aside some personal freedoms as not to offend others. The more, the older I get, the more I get interested in cultures. I think cultures are fascinating to me, how countries come about, and, and I'm learning this is all new to me. I'm so far behind, it's, it's terrible. But it's, it's interesting how people think around the world and how we interact and, and, and all these things that, that, can, that can come together. But, you know, you can easily go to another country and offend somebody and not know it. And vice versa. I've had uh, missionaries over my lifetime tell me stories upon stories upon stories of things that they've done in other countries that was offensive and didn't know it. I want to tell one right now. This one guy, was he was in South America. I can't remember the country exactly. And he, our American... Um, uh, one of our signs is if everything's good. You good with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. That's okay. That is very offensive in one of the countries that he was being a missionary to. And the, the people in the church is going, don't you do that. That is equivalent to us giving half of a peace sign when we're driving down the road in America and we don't like somebody. That was very offensive and he didn't know it. He had no idea. We can very easily offend. Paul is saying here that he willingly set aside some personal freedoms as not to offend. It's in the chapter earlier, actually, where he talks about eating food, not offered to idols and, 
and it's self-denial. He willingly did these things. Chapter 9 is all about that. Don't be obnoxious with the gospel. Don't be pugnacious with the gospel either. You don't want to flaunt your freedoms to those who haven't obtained it yet. You may be thinking, Pastor Scott, I'm not sure I'm following what you're saying this morning. What I'm saying is when we live in our world and there's people that have certain customs, don't be so quick. Don't be so quick to say, ah, that's silly. Don't be so slow to not at least understand why it's there and what it's about. What you're going to find, the more we continue these gospel conversations, there's all kinds of common ground to have conversations with. All kinds of ground, especially in culture, especially in culture. Verse 22 says, now I'm kind of bouncing around within these handful of verses. To the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. I become all things of all men that I might save some. To the weak, Paul took the gospel down to a bookshelf level. That doesn't mean, he's not saying to the weak as in, uh, they're, just, they're not that smart or they're, they're ignorant and they're, He's saying we, sometimes we make coming uh, genuinely to the Lord so hard. Make it, it's easy. It's not complicated. It's not easy. It's not complicated, but it is hard. It can be hard. That's what he's saying. Being patient, understanding, sympathetic with people of adversity, hardship, or heart of understanding. We don't want to talk down the people, we want to talk across the people. You know, it's fair to say that we don't talk to all people the same. Is that fair to say? I think so. We talk to everybody differently. Once you get to know your, who your people group and your conversations, if you were to catch me at the dirt track, I'm not as quite as elegant as I am up here. I speak real good plain English. At the dirt track. One syllable words and I'm right at home. I love it. It's work for me to be up here and even try to come up with a three or four syllable word to add in here. But the point is we learned who to talk to by who we're around. Don't be afraid of people. He says all things to all men. Look in verse 22. I have become all things to all men that goes for women as well, that I might by all means save some. What's that mean? Not leaving the boundaries of God's word, Paul wouldn't offend anyone. That wasn't his goal is to, to be offensive. Now, we don't ever want to bend or compromise God's word. That, that would be sin. But God saves in spite of our sin, not because of it. It's not the end that will justify the means. Okay? So I noted, we noticed something when we did our, um, our day camp. When we did day camp, something interesting happened. Last summer, Pastor Rick had the idea. We had vacation Bible school earlier. We did a one-day day camp. We had things popping. We advertised on Facebook. And we noticed that we had uh, kids signed up oh, there's a lot of kids here that day but we had them signing up as far as middletown middletown and um people from all over it was weird of uh, finneytown that's not exactly around the corner and some of these parents just dropped them off and we realized pretty quick that we became a a, a kind of a, a daycare for a one-day daycare because it was free and we're going to feed them twice in fact i didn't want to leave i like getting fed 
twice for free. But as what we noticed was as these people were coming, you're like, well, wait a minute. This, there's a liability. Say, why? And they're coming from all over. And, and is this right? Is this, is this the right thing to do? Why would they come so far, drop these kids off and leave? It became a scary point for us, but it also became an opportunity for us. An opportunity to show proper love. Not, not, not to point a, put a spotlight on bad parenting, but to put a spotlight on the love of the church and Jesus Christ. It's all in how you look at it. It's easy to be judgmental. Ooh, did I say that? It is so easy to be judgmental. It's so easy to watch somebody pull up and what kind of car they're driving. How many people are hanging out of the window and think, why are they here? What's their motive? They're going to mess up what we do here. This hits a little close to home, doesn't it? But when you see people coming here from that far away, they had to pass 100 churches to get here. Why'd they come here? The motive on why they come here is not what I'm so concerned with. It's what we do with them while they're here. So if you're watching on Facebook, we invite you here. We want you to come to Cross Point Baptist Church. But we do have an agenda, and that agenda is love. That's our agenda. We want to show it. We want to share it. We want to teach it. That I might save some. And by the way, that also doesn't mean that we take salvation out of God's hands. It shows that God wants to use us in his ministry of truth. That's what it shows. Verse 23 is interesting. It says, now this I do for the gospel's sake. See that line, for the gospel's sake? It's not for personal gain is what's being referred to there. Well, as many times when we talk about the gospel and evangelism and reaching out, missionaries come to mind. And we've, we've got a little problem at Cross Point Baptist Church. We're going to be talking about this in the future, next weeks ahead. And that is, we gave uh, we, um, our budget for we, everything that we give goes back out to our missionaries. The problem is, now that we're, we have more promised than what we're giving. So we're having to figure out, what are we going to do moving forward? Are we going to promise more to the to make sure we, we're able to, to su support all of our missionaries? We have to, we're going to have to do something this year, okay? That's, we're going to be talking about that in a couple weeks. But it's not for personal gain that these missionaries go on the field. And as we've been talking about it behind, uh, uh, as a staff, we've been talking about it, what we see is that well, the missionaries that reach out to us the most are the ones that are most endearest to us. And I want you to know, since we've had that conversation within the last, probably since about the first of the year, I've had four missionaries that reached out to us. We've had some that's been, we've been supporting for years that we haven't even heard from. We don't know anything, we don't know what's going on. A couple even have retired. But when we think about reaching out, that's, when you hear missionaries up here, in theory, we're partnering with them. That's when you see how all this works. That's when you see verses 19 through 23 and what it looks like. It's harder to see that in Claremont County. But when you go around the world, you go to Africa, you go to um, uh, countries that are unbeknownst to us, then you see how this comes to work. And by the way, the whole point I'm trying to make is these missionaries, it's not for personal gain. They're not getting rich if you're worried about that. 
In fact, it, they're, they're probably going the opposite direction. But money's not what motivates the true believer, the genuine believer that's in ministry for that reason. Paul had mobility in methods, not morals. Look in verse 20. Again, I'm kind of bouncing around within these five verses. But verse 20, he says, And to the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as those under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. So he kind of reiterates in one verse, the first line that he said. He had mobility in methods, but not in, in morals. Different cultures have different customs. I'll tell you about a missionary a friend of mine years ago. Um, he was a missionary to France. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but a staple drink in France is wine. And well, he, he, he doesn't drink wine. So he would turn the glass over when they would go out. And then when he would go over to, to meet people and they would offer wine to him. And it became very interesting for him. He realized they're offended. They were getting offended because they weren't receiving. And uh, he, he explained to them why that was. But to them, they, didn't, they just think he's a religious nut. Why would you not drink a little wine? In fact, doesn't Paul say something about that? He was in a, he was in a cultural pickle. Like, well, I, don't, I don't know what to do. He didn't want to drink wine. He could have drank the wine in order to win them. See, I'm going to win them. But it was a sin against his conscience. He didn't want to go down that path. He didn't want to have to go back. Also, he mentioned this. He was, I'd have to go back and explain to people why. And even the point is, he had mobility. Paul had mobility in methods, but not in morals. There, this, this one individual I'm talking about, he found himself in this same spot. Look what Paul says in verse 20 to the Jew. He's speaking to the religious right there. Uh, in the area, not to take on their, he didn't take on their belief system. He actually repudiated that clearly again in Galatians. But to be friendly, you must show yourself friendly. I've heard stories upon stories of missionaries who have been, um, in fact, it's even happened to me a little bit, uh, but not to this uh, measure, but where these missionaries, one guy was a very a large missionary. He said, man, I'm a big guy, and I've learned something about being on the field. That everything, when you're invited out for dinner, everything on the plate is not going to be tasty. In fact, some of it, I'm not sure what it is, and it still may be moving. He said, so what I would do is I'd eat a sandwich before I go. Because I'm a big guy. He said, I'm a big guy. I can't, I can't do this. He said, but I, again, he didn't want to be offensive but he said, I know that I had to find myself a friend to be friendly. He said, man, I've ate some food. It, oh, bad food. I had to smile with every bite and try to choke it down. He concluded knowing that I had the other half of my sandwich in the car for the ride home. Here's the point. Paul was friendly, not offensive, that I might win the Jews in verse 20. Paul couldn't save them, but he could win their friendship and confidence. There's a line that I picked up a while ago, and I just keep reiterating it, reiterating it. I don't even know why. But you have to earn the right to be heard sometimes. 
you know, I'm not against the guys that want to go out on the street corner and street preach and all. I'm not against them at all. But people need to respect you and, and know that you care. And when that happens, you're going to earn the right to be heard. Because they know that you care. You, you have a vested interest. You're not just a, 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 a faceless body there that you're trying to get a notch in your belt for, hey, I led somebody to the Lord today. No, you got to know that, the, that, that they got to know that you care. Verse 20 is interesting where he says, under the law, living under a system of works to gain God's favor. Paul knew that system very, very well. And he didn't gain God's favor at all when he was in it. We are grateful for God's unmerited favor, his grace, right? Those who are without the law in verse 21. Now you may think, well, why did he spend so much time talking about to the Jew, to the law, to the, and I'd be under the law? Really, it's to set you up for verse 21. To those who are without the law as without the law. You think, well, what's he, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the Gentile. He's talking about you and he's talking about me right there in verse 21. Didn't have, those that didn't have God's direction prior to Christ through the Mosaic law. And by the way, look in the parentheses right there in verse 21. Look in the parentheses of verse 21. Not being without law toward God, but under the law toward Christ. We all have the law, moral law, written on our hearts. Uh, Romans tells us that. We all know uh, to a degree that there is a God and there is a moral morality to our life. Don't become an outlaw toward God, but fulfill the law of love in Christ, is what he's referring to there. Why? That I might win those. So where are we going with all this? And we start to wrap our, our hearts and minds around it. He wants to win people. If we were to have a, a round table right now and say, listen, church, you're a believer. I'm a believer. We got the command. How do you want to do it? Well, we could have a thousand different ideas and, and what to do and ingenuity. God lets us use our ingenuity. I'm so grateful for that. But the first question, the bridge that we have to cross is, do you want to win people to Christ? Do you want to? Or do you view it as that's just a pastor's job? That's somebody else's job. Do you have that burning desire to win people, to win your family, to win the people that you come in contact with, to win the people that cross paths with you on that day. Well, love conquers all. You can do this when love, when Christ's love motivates. You notice the cards are back up here this morning. We're not trying to recreate a moment. These are going to be before us throughout the year. We may be adding to. We've been thinking about what to do with these cards as we move forward in the weeks ahead, weeks ahead. But I've asked you, those of you that were here two weeks ago, when we filled these cards out, I asked people to write three initials, the initials of people that you know that don't have a proclamation of faith. Why do we do initials? Well, and I know I'm being redundant, and no matter how many times I repeat things, it still gets a little messed up a little bit. But why did I have you do that? Write three initials on cards. For two reasons. One, when we pray for somebody and we're able to 
genuinely pray, we don't want that person, if they're in attendance, watching on Facebook, to be singled out. Is that going to win anybody when you single somebody out? Nobody's ever been argued into the kingdom of God. Nobody's ever been guilted or, or pressured into. It's a, work of, it's a work of God. So one is just seeing initials on the card. And two, I asked you to write three. You know three people that don't have that proclamation of faith. And I, on this card, to parallel with this, I asked you who's had somebody pray for you prior to salvation and hands went up all over. So this is a great object lesson. And as we have these cards here, I'm going to, in a moment, we're going to be praying. Okay, I want you to think about these cards in a moment. I'll explain that in a moment. But what I'm sharing is these principles of how bad, how badly do you want the initials on this card to have their life and their soul instead of dangled over the flames of hell to be ushered into the presence of God? How bad do you want it? Do you really believe that your prayer could make a difference for JB, MB, and NW? Do you really think your prayer could make a difference? Or was it just, just, a, you know, just something cute to do? The first step was for us to pray. Now, what can you do? What can you do to win some? What can you do in your life? What can you adjust in your life as you're thinking about these names that are on these cards? What in your life, the, thing, the principles that we're learning here from Paul, don't just leave it here. How badly do you want it? Paul is saying through Christ to stretch your life. Go out of your way. Do something different. Be uncomfortable. L.C., S.S., and C. Peter. I don't know who these people are. I have no idea. I don't know their age. I don't know where they're from. But these are people, souls, that we're praying for that God would make a difference. Not just in prayer, because prayer alone isn't it. It's going to take the word getting to them. How badly do you want these cards? And by the way, the white ones that are up here, these are from Bible Quest. I didn't ask Pastor Rick to do this. We were talking about it on a Saturday. And he goes, you know what? He showed up that morning and said, these are from our uh, BQ. These are from BQ kids. And he explained it exactly the way that we did as well in here. So as we start to look at the next, what's the next phase for us here? I want you to look at verses 24 through 27. Verse 24 through 27. Because Paul gives illustrations that I think we can relate to. Verse 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, shadow boxes, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest 
when I have preached to others, I myself should have become disqualified. Paul didn't, un Paul limited himself in all his freedom. He gave illustrations of a runner and a fighter. There's no limits to the preparation sacrifice to obtain a prize. It was Carl and I during, uh, the, remember when it was real cold last month, them handful of days? Well, we were kind of locked in the house. I said, you know what we're going to do? Rocky. We're going on a Rocky Marathon. One, two, and three. And there's a line in there that Mick uses. And I meant to write it down. I didn't write it down. And he talked about how many times you got to punch the bag. You got to punch the bag. You got to punch it 40,000 times, Rock, to get the one you need. That's pretty good. That was off the cuff. That was pretty good. These guys are looking at me like, we don't even know what you're talking about, dude. Rocky was a fighter. Never mind. Uh, but the point is, look at what athletes will do to win a prize. Watch this. this could get uncomfortable. Look at what you and I are willing to do to get in better health. We may exercise more. We may eat clean. We may eat with discipline. How does that parallel to how far we will stretch ourselves or limit ourselves in our outreach. We'll sacrifice for our physical bodies. If we're in bad health, you know what we'll do? We'll go to the doctor maybe and they'll say you're in bad health, dietitian, you gotta clean up your eating, drink more water, all that. What happens when we're unhealthy spiritually? That one we, we tend to ignore. Why will we go so far to get our bodies for longevity and for health, but not do the work on the spiritual end. Well, because the spiritual end you don't always see, and you can hide that just a little bit better. Your physical body's a little harder to hide, isn't it? Well, the truth be told, your spiritual life isn't hidden either. You may not see it. I found out the best way to stay healthy is take all the mirrors out of your house. The sacrifice is what, 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 what Paul's referring to here. And he leaves it up to you. He's not saying this is how you have to do it. This is it. Template, boom, tell me when you're done. I, and I like that because of the cultures we have around the world, because of how we interact with people. So by way of an action step today, I'm asking you to go back in your mind's eye of the names that are here before you. The names that perhaps that, that you've written on a card. If you weren't here that day, I have extra cards. I put them somewhere. I have them. I promise I have them. Um, I'm gonna, they'll be up here. There they are, right there. Um, if you need a card, they'll be right up front. I would encourage you highly to write three initials. Just three initials of people and put on the cards and put at the step if you weren't able to do that the other day. So the first action step for you today is to be praying for that person. Okay, be praying for that person. Number two action step for you today, I'm speaking to the believer now, the church, is this. Think about your own life and what would the Lord, what would the Holy Spirit have you to do and equip you to do in order to be a voice in these cards and the names that are up here. What will he have you to do? Who will he have you to be? The third action step is actually for anyone that 
isn't walking with him, that doesn't know him. They're like, man, I'm hearing all this, and maybe you're feeling convicted. That would be your, the third action step is for that person to say, I want to know more about this Jesus you're talking about. I want to know more about what you're talking about. We would love to have that conversation. It never gets old having that conversation. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? Again, as we take time to pray again this morning, we're thinking of others that are on our hearts and minds, even Barb, who's not here today with the cold, most likely. But right now, we just want to think about the area, the action steps that was just laid out before us. We got to do, we can't just pray for cards once a week. And as we develop the next phase of, of, of what to do throughout this year, I pray that at the forefront would be the willingness, the want to. Pray that God would give you the want to, that you want people genuinely saved. We want people to be believers, and you're willing to do what God would have you to do, be who he would have you to be in order, to, in order for that to happen. Dear God, take this time and make it your own. It is time for me to get out of the way. I pray that you would work in hearts, and people will respond as we open the altar for people to come and pray. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with Andrew and I? As I step down, the altar is open for you to pray. And it would be a time for you also, maybe just to come and pray for someone else, but also to do that self-evaluation of your life, who you would have you to be. Andrew. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as stand in him complete. Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to
crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. One more time, church. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sister to Sister prayer ministry is in full swing. So if you are a secret sister, check the table over there. There's a good start going. Um, and we do not have Bible study this Tuesday, so I'll send out a reminder uh, for the following week. But we are excited to have our sisters. I think everybody was really excited. So check the table, and um, that's all I have. Just a couple of other announcements that uh, we want to make you aware of. Don't forget, if you need a... Uh, announcement sheet for February. Be sure to pick one of those up in the uh, at the Welcome Center. And the uh, New Life class will be going bowling uh, on the 18th. That's a Saturday. And also the loss of spouse uh, grief share ministry will also be uh, this Saturday at 1030. So be sure to, uh, if you're involved in those, be sure you're aware of that. Uh, as we conclude this morning, uh, following along with what Pastor Scott said, uh, I've been studying in our class about the work of an evangelist, and that is a bringer of good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we are responsible for. And at the end of that verse in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, it says, fulfill your ministry, fulfill your ministry. And it's just as Pastor concluded there, have you prayed about your ministry in the body of Cross Point Baptist Church, fulfilling your ministry to in verse number 2, and I, I won't read the verse, but in uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, Preach the word. And that's not just for uh, Pastor Scott as he stands behind the pulpit up here. It's for all of us to proclaim the word. That's what that's talking about, for us to proclaim the word. Are you praying for those names of people that you know don't know Jesus as their Savior so that we can see them have that eternal life that you and I can celebrate as we come here each, each and every week uh, and every day of our lives. So uh, as we depart, continue to pray for those that you uh, have listed on the, on the sheets, that we might proclaim the word to them to share Jesus Christ so that they might come to know Jesus Christ. With that, you are dismissed.